Chapter Three of Bransford of Rainbow Range by Eugene Manlove Rhodes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: Maxwell Bray's. Oh, the song, the song in the blood! Magic walks the forest. There's bewitchment on the air. Spring is on the flood. The Gypsy Heart. Well, sir, this here feller he lit a cigarette and throwed away the match and it fell in a powder keg and do you know more'n half that powder burned up before they could put it out? Yes, sir. Wildcat Thompson. Eleanor opened her basket and spread its tempting wares with pretty hostly care, or is there such a word as hostessly? There already mr blank i declare this is too absurd we don't even know each other's names her conscious eye fell upon the ampleness of the feast amazing since it purported to have been put up for one alone and her face lit up with mischievous delight she curtsied if you please i'm the ultimate consumer he rose bowing gravely i am the personal devil glad to meet you oh i've heard of you remarked the ultimate consumer sweetly she sat down and extended her hand across the spotless linen mr lake says the personal devil flushed it was not because of the proffered hand which he took unhesitatingly and held rather firmly the blush was unmistakably caused by anger there is no connection whatever he stated grimly enough between the truth and mr lake's organs of speech oh cried the ultimate consumer triumphantly so you're mr beebe bransford jeff bransford corrected the personal devil crustily he wilfully relapsed to his former slipshod speech beebe he's gone to the pecos work m and ballinger mr john wesley also ran pringle's gone to old mexico to bring back another bunch of black long-horned chihuahuas you now behold before you the last remaining rose of rosebud but why bb why does mr lake hate all of you so mr bransford because we are infamous scoundrels why bb i can't eat with one hand mr bransford she said demurely he looked at the prisoned hand with a start and released it grudgingly help yourself said his hostess cheerfully there's sandwiches and roast beef and olives for a mild beginning why beebe he said doggedly help yourself to the salad and then please pass it over this way thank you why beebe oh very well then because of the little opus you know and other things you said i see said the aggrieved bransford because i'm not from ohio like beebe i'm not supposed oh if you're going to be fussy i'm from california myself mr bransford out in the country at that don't let's quarrel please we were having such a lovely time and i'll tell you a secret it's ungrateful of me and i ought not to but i don't care i don't like mr lake much since we came on this trip and i don't believe she paused pinkly conscious of the unconventional statement involved in this sudden unbelief what lake says about us a much mollified bransford finished the sentence for her she nodded then to change the subject you do speak cowboy talk one minute and all booky polite and proper the next you know why bad associations said bransford ambiguously also for tis my nature too as little dogs they do delight to bark and bite that beef sure tastes like more 
and now you may smoke while i pack up announced the girl when dessert was over at long last and please there's something i want to ask you about will you tell me truly hmm you sing yes a little if you will sing for me afterward certainly with pleasure all right then what's the story about eleanor gave him her eyes did you rob the post office at escondido really now it might well be embarrassing to be asked if you had committed a felony but there was that behind the words of this naive inquiry in look in tone and in mental attitude an unflinching and implicit faith that since he had seen fit to do this thing it must needs have been the right and wise thing to do which stirred the felon's pulses to a pleasant flutter and caused a certain tough and powerful muscle to thump foolishly at his ribs the delicious intimacy the baseless faith was sweet to him sure i did he answered lightly lake is one talkative little man isn't he by fie but shucks what can you expect the beast will do after his kind and you'll tell me about it after i smoke got to study up some plausible excuses you know she studied him as she packed it was a good face lined strong expressive vivid gay resolute confident alert reckless perhaps there were lines of it disused fallen to abeyance what was well with the man had prospered what was ill with him had faded and dimmed he was not a young man thirty-seven thirty-eight she was twenty-four but there was an unquenchable boyishness about him despite the few frosty hairs at his temple he bore his hard years jauntily youth danced in his eyes the explorer nodded to herself well pleased he was interesting different the tale suffered from bransford's telling as any tale will suffer when marred by the inevitable barbarous modesty of its hero it was a long story cosily confidential and there were interruptions the sun was low ere it was done now the song said jeff and then he did not complete the sentence his face clouded what shall i sing well, how can i tell what you will what can i know about good songs or anything else responded bransford in sudden moodiness and dejection for after the song the end of everything he flinched at the premonition of irrevocable loss the girl made no answer this is what she sang no you shall not be told of her voice perhaps there is a voice that you remember that echoes to you through the dusty years how would you like to describe that oh sandy has money and sandy has land and sandy has housin say fine and sick hand but i'd rather have jamie with knock in his hand than sandy with all of his housin and land my father looks sulky my mither looks sewer they gloom upon jamie because he is poor i love them baith dearly as a daughter should but i love them not half so sweet dear jamie as you i sit at my cribby i spin at my wheel i think of the laddie that loves me so weel oh he had but a sax pants he break it in twa and he gave me the half dead ere he gaed awa he said lo me lang lassie though i gang away he said lo me lang lassie though i gang away bland summer is comin cold winter's away and i'll wed with jamie in spite of the may 
jeff's back was to a tree his hat over his eyes he pushed it up thank you he said and then quite directly are you rich not very said eleanor a little breathless at the blunt query i'm going to be rich said jeff steadily i'm going to be a horse quoth the little eopas the girl retorted saucily though secretly alarmed at the import of this examination exactly so that's settled what is your name hoffman where do you live hoffman eleanor supplemented the girl eleanor then where do you live eleanor in new york just now not in town upstate on a farm you see grandfather's growing old and he wanted father to come back new york's not far said jeff a sudden panic seized the girl what next in swift instinctive self-defence she rose and tripped to the tree where lay her neglected sketch-book bent over and started back with a little cry of alarm with a spring and a rush jeff was at her side caught her up and glared watchfully at bush and shrub and tufted grass mr bransford put me down what was it a rattlesnake a snake what an idea i just noticed how late it was i must go crestfallen sheepishly mr bransford put her down thrust his hands into his pockets tilted his chin and whistled an aggravating little trill from the rye two-step mr bransford said eleanor haughtily mr bransford's face expressed patient attention are you lame mr bransford's eye estimated the distance covered during the recent snake episode and then gave to miss hoffman a look of profound respect his shoulders humped up slightly his head bowed to the stroke he stood upon one foot and traced the rainbow brand in the dust with the other i told you all along i wasn't hurt he said aggrieved didn't i now are you lame she repeated severely ignoring his truthful saying not very the quotation marks were clearly audible are you lame at all uh, no ma'am not what you might call really lame uh, no ma'am and you deceive me like that indignation checked her oh i'm so disappointed in you that was a fine manly thing for you to do it was such a lovely time observed the culprit doggedly and such a chance might never happen again and it isn't my fault i wasn't hurt you know i'm sure i wish i was she gave him an icy glare now see what you've done your men haven't come and you won't stay with mr lake how are you going to get home oh i forgot you can walk as you should have done at first the guilty wretch wilted yet further he shuffled his feet he writhed he positively squirmed he ventured a timid upward glance it seemed to give him courage prompted doubtless by the same feeling which drives one to dive headlong into dreaded cold water he said in a burst of candour well you see ma'am that little horse now he really ain't got far he got tangled up over there a ways the girl wheeled and shot a swift startled glance at the little eopas on the hillside who had long since given over his futile struggles and was now nibbling grass with becoming resignation she turned back to bransford slowly scathingly she looked him over from head to foot and slowly back again her expression ran the gamut wonder anger scorn 
withering contempt i think i hate you she flamed at him amazement triumphed over the other emotions then a real amazement the detected impostor had resumed his former debonair bearing and met her scornful eye with a slow and provoking smile oh no you don't he said reassuringly on the contrary you don't hate me at all i'm going home anyhow she retorted bitterly you may draw your own conclusions still she did not go which possibly had a confusing effect upon his inferences just one minute ma'am if you please how did you know so pat where the little black horse was i didn't tell you little waves of scarlet followed each other to her burning face i'm not going to stay another moment you're detestable and it's nearly sundown oh you needn't hurry it's not far she followed his gesture to her intense mortification, she saw the blue smoke of her home campfire flaunting up from a gully not half a mile away. It was her turn to droop now. She drooped. There was a painful silence. Then, in a far-off, hard, judicial tone, "'How long, ma'am, if I may ask, have you known that the little black horse was tangled up?' miss eleanor's eyes shifted wildly she broke a twig from a mahogany bush and examined the swelling buds with minutest care well said her ruthless inquisitor sternly since uh, since i went for your hat she confessed in a half whisper to deceive me so pain grief surprise reproach were in his words have you anything to say he added sadly a slender shoe peeped out beneath her denim skirt and tapped on a buried boulder eleanor regarded the toe-tip with interest and curiosity then half audibly we were having such a good time and it might never happen again he captured both her hands she drew back a little ever so little she trembled slightly but her eyes met his frankly and bravely no no not, not now go now mr bransford go at once we will have a pleasant day to remember until the next pleasant day said resolute bransford openly exultant but see here now i can't go to lake's camp or to lake's ball here miss eleanor pouted distinctly or anything that is lake's after your masked ball then what new york but it's only so far on the map she held her hands apart very slightly to indicate the distance on a little map that is i'll drop in saturdays said jeff do i want to hear you sing the rest about the little eopas if you'll sing about sandy suggested jeff why not good-bye now i must go and you won't sing about sandy to anyone else the girl considered doubtfully why i-i don't know i've known you for a very little while if you please she gathered up her belongings but we're friends no no said jeff vehemently you won't sing it to anyone else eleanor she drew a line in the dust if you won't cross that line she said i'll tell you mr bransford grasped a sapling with a firm clutch and shook it to try its strength a bird in the bush is the noblest work of god he announced i'll take a chance her eyes were shining you've promised she said she paused when she spoke again her voice was low and a trifle unsteady i won't sing about sandy to anyone else jeff 
then she fled like lot's wife she looked back from the hillside jeff clung desperately to the sapling with one hand from the other a handkerchief hers fluttered a good-bye message she threw him a farewell with an ambiguous gesture it was late when jeff reached rosebud camp he unsaddled nigger baby the little and not entirely gentle black horse rather unobtrusively but johnny dinez sauntered out during the process announcing supper ah sniffed jeff i s'pose i thought you'd wait until i come to get it nothing more alarming than tallies was broached during supper however afterward johnny tilted his chair back and through cigarette smoke contemplated the ceiling with innocent eyes nigger babe looks drawed he suggested uh-huh had one of them poor spells of his puff puff your saddle's a skinned up a heap johnny's look of innocence grew more pronounced how'd you get your clothes so wet rain said jeff puff puff you look right muddy too dust in the air said jeff ah uh, yes silence during the rolling of another cigarette then how'd you get that cut on your head jeff's hand went to his head and felt the bump there he regarded his fingers in some perplexity that oh that's where i bit myself he stalked off to bed in gloomy dignity half an hour later johnny called softly jeff jeff grunted sulkily camping party down near mayhill lot of girls i saw one of em young person with eyes and hair jeff grunted again there was a long silence nice bear there was no answer good old bear said johnny tearfully no answer mr bear if i give you one nice good juicy bite ugh said jeff then said johnny decidedly i'll sleep in the yard End of chapter 3